Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. We are a church in Los Angeles that is all about the message of Jesus. Hey, this week we're in part three of a study that we've been going through out of the book of Job. I'm going to jump in in just a moment, but I want to thank every person that gives faithfully to Zoe Church. If you've yet to join us on that giving journey, why don't you go to our website or text Zoe to 77 977. Text Zoe to that number and we'll shoot you a link and you can give right there. Thank you to every person that likes, subscribes, and comments on our podcast. It means the world to us. Let's jump in to this week's message, Processing My Pain with Purpose. Bible, Job chapter number two. We, we started, this is part three, we're in a new series. We've been studying together as a church the book of Job. And I want to encourage you to go to our website, find out more resources as we go and journey through this book. Every time we fast and pray for 21 days together as a community, we study a book of the Bible. Uh, by the way, I just really want to acknowledge everyone that has put in 14 days already of prayer and fasting. Pretty fantastic. We're proud of you. We got seven more days, baby. The, we're, and we're going to make this last week our best week. And I want to encourage you, if you have yet to join us on the fast, maybe take the next seven days and fast. Uh, a lot of people are doing the Daniel fast. Others are fasting social media, uh, fasting, um, you know, maybe bad foods. Julia started tonight her fast on Hulu. Um, <laughs> come on, that made me laugh. But, you know, just find something to fast. <laughs> She's going to, oh, man. Can't wait. But anyways, so, but seven days, seven days, take the next seven days fast. Every morning we're on Zoom at 6 a.m. Um, most people have their camera off. I'm kind of thankful I don't want to see you at 6 a.m. But um, we're praying together and Wednesday night we're praying. But we're just believing we're hungry for God to do something great this year. We're preparing our hearts and preparing our life. I like to look at it this way. We're clearing the deck for God to be able to speak to us. In fact, this last Wednesday night at the prayer night, a guy that I've known since he was in high school, Pavel, he told me that God spoke to him at our prayer meeting to start a connect group. And I just thought, how cool is that? The reason why I think God spoke that is because his heart was open for whatever God wants more than what we want. And so we're fasting and praying that every time we do this, we study a book of, of the Bible. We believe that, that the Bible is the solution for everything in our life. We believe that God's word is truth. We don't need to add anything to it or subtract anything from it. It is perfect on its own. And so we're studying the book of Job and we're studying how to really respond to bad times. In fact, the title of our series is called Give and Take. And really it comes from a, a real pivotal moment in Job's life where he says, you know, I got to be honest, the Lord gives and the Lord takes, but as for me, blessed be the name of the Lord. What he's basically saying is whether I got good days or bad days, I'm willing to accept whatever God has because I choose my faith in Jesus over my current circumstance. I just like that attitude. I like that language. Someone last week was like, I can't believe we're studying the book of Job to start the year. It's kind of an obscure book to study. I thought that as we'd start the year, we'd start off like raw, let's go. I was like, oh, make no mistake about it. Job is a raw, let's go. 
but it's also an awe. Let's be aware that this year is going to be a lot of good and a lot of bad. There's going to be some good days and some bad days. But no matter what gets thrown my way, I've got to have the resolve to choose my faith over my feelings. To choose Jesus over what I am seeing or hearing. Job reminds us of that. If you missed the first two weeks, go back and catch up. But it's pretty powerful. Job is a wealthy man. The Bible says he's from the land of Uz, so he's not an Israelite. He's not in Israel. And God one day is holding court with the angels, and he brags about Job. He says, is not my servant Job amazing? And not only does he brag to the angels, but Satan is on the scene, Satan. And Satan says, yeah, Job's amazing and worships you, but don't you think he only does that because you've blessed him? He said, why don't we throw some adversity in his life and then let's see what happens? And God goes, you don't even know my guy. Watch, go ahead, try. And so in one day, Job loses a bunch of cattle and a bunch of kids and a bunch of houses, and he just has just the worst day imaginable. And the Bible says that Job held to his worship. And so God again holds court with the angels, and again Satan comes. And God says, what did I tell you? I told you that if you tried to mess with Job, he wouldn't compromise. That if you tried to take out Job and you threw the worst scenario at him, what did I tell you? He would not curse me to my face. And and again, the enemy says, yeah, yeah, but don't you think that only happened because he still has his health? And he says, well, take away his health and let's see what happens. Again, he gets struck in his health and he still chooses to worship God. I want to preach a message in this third installment. Write write this down. This is so important. I got to learn how to process my pain with purpose. So I just know this about you, just like me, you've got pain. All of us are dealing with a level, a threshold of pain. And I heard it said years ago, currently, right now, all of your heroes are being punched in the face right now. All of us have a prayer request. All of us have pain. All of us have struggle. We got to learn how to process this pain right. Otherwise, we're going to go through pain and that pain is going to become our identity. That pain is going to become the narrative over your life. That pain is going to be the thing that other people profit over because you never healed, you never got back up, and you never followed God's will for your life. we got to process our pain with purpose, and that's what we see in the life of Job. He's got pain, but he's got process, and he does it on purpose so he gets on the other side. I want to encourage somebody this evening. There's another side to your pain right now. There's another side to what you're facing. And if you'll just continue to process, come on, you're going to get there. You're going to get there with freedom. You're going to get there with confidence. You're going to get there with identity. You're going to get there with wisdom, and you're going to get there with strength. And if you don't, You're going to keep going around the mountain time and time again. I don't know about you, but I don't want to make the same mistakes this year that I did last year. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to evolve. Watch here in chapter 2, the end of chapter 2. Watch what it says about Job and his friends. When his three friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and they traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. And their names are Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite. 
And when they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely even recognized him. And wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads. Sounds like cowboy fans. To show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights, and no one said a word to Job. For they saw that his suffering was too great for words. I'm going to give you a few things to write down to encourage you tonight. Some handles for your faith. Write down point number one tonight. Give people the ministry of presence. You just get a picture of this. Job is got boils from his head to his feet. And the Bible says that he's scraping off his dead skin. His friends can't even recognize him. And he's scraping off his skin. But here comes his friends, Bildad and the boys, Eliphaz and the crew. And I just love that in Job's worst day, he had friends that showed up for him. If you really want to bless your friends, show up for them. It's called the ministry of presence. We're not better without you. Come on, Zoe Church is better with you. Our, our community is as strong as our people. I'm telling you, Zoe is not built off what happens on the platform. It's built off what happens in the people. And I just like this because these three friends, they get it right in the beginning. They show up. What's that old saying? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you, what is it? Care. Yeah, you got to care. I believe this for our lives. We should be cursed with caring. And I care enough to show up. Why? The scripture says in Romans, put on the screen, we rejoice with those that rejoice, but we're not too above weeping with those that weep. On your best days, we're going to be there doing the YMCA, Macarena, whatever you call. I don't care. We'll, we'll dance with you. But in your worst days, in the hospital, we sit together and we love one another. The Bible says, put on the screen in Proverbs, a brother was born for adversity. You need brothers. That's why I can't wait for connect groups to start. I can't wait for my friend Pavel's connect group to start. We need connect groups from soccer, soccer playing to, to Bible studies where we get together and we look in, the, in one another's eyes and we care for one another and we show up for one another. And by the way, here's a great thought in life. Wherever your feet are, be there. You ever be with somebody, but you're definitely not with them? Because they just. And it's like, no, you, 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 you want to bless somebody, give them the ministry of presence. And they got it right in the beginning, didn't they? These boys, they sit, and for seven days, they don't say a word. For seven days, they don't open their mouth. They just sit there, and they weep with their friend. They cry with them because they love him, and they can't even open their mouth. And everything's good until they start talking. You ever have somebody show up, and their presence is such a blessing, and, they, and then they start to talk, and you're like, I wish you wouldn't. I like you so much better when you don't talk. <laughs> they had it go. They were so good until they started talking. And the problem was, is that they felt like they needed to insert. They felt like they needed to talk on behalf of God to Job. And they needed to figure out Job's life and Job's problem. I just, can I encourage you? You got enough problems going on in your life. Why are you trying to figure out other people's lives? 
And I think what we need to show one another, write down number two tonight, we need to become agents of compassion. That we are filled with empathy. How can you follow Jesus and not be filled with compassion? How can you follow Jesus and not have empathy? Everywhere Jesus went, he had a burden for folks. He cared about people. Jesus one time sees a multitude and he just starts to weep and he goes, these people look like sheep with no shepherd. One time he sees a crowd and he's been preaching to them. He's like, we got to feed them. They look hungry. One time he sees this woman that's been caught in adultery and they're about to throw stones at her and murder her and he doesn't condemn her, he has compassion on her. One time he sees a man named Legion with demons and he doesn't run, no, he has a burden for him. And I just, I believe this for us. May we be cursed with caring that we love people and we bless people and we encourage people because that's what compassion looks like. Oh, they had it going right until they started talking. Look, look at how self-righteous they are. Watch this in chapter 4. One of his friends, stop and think, Job. Do the innocent die? When have the upright been destroyed, Job? My experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. A breath from God destroys them. They vanish in a blast of his anger. In fact, this whole section from chapter 3 all the way almost to the end of the book is Job claiming his innocence and his friends telling him he's wrong. Job says, I promise you, I didn't do this. In fact, we know that's true because in chapters one and two, God says Job is blameless. He's upright. He fears God. He shuns evil. He says it twice. He's blameless. He's upright. He fears God. He shuns evil. So we know that Job wasn't dirty. We know that Job wasn't a compromiser. We know that Job wasn't sleeping around and doing bad stuff. We know he was good. So he claims his innocence, but his friends are like, no, you must have done something bad. I just want to encourage you. Stop trying to judge people. Stop trying to figure out people. Why don't we just keep our eyes on Jesus and do our best to be a good friend? In fact, watch, watch what Job says to his buddy. Look at here. Look at chapter 16. He says, I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism, shake my head at you. But if I were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. See what Job's saying to his friends is, hey, you came around and I was encouraged by your presence until you started talking. But the moment you started talking, it discouraged me. People don't need your opinions. People need your faith. People don't need your criticism. People need your encouragement. And he says, I wish the tables were turned. I, if this was you, Bill Dad, Eliaphaz, I'd be blessing you, man. I'd be saying, hey, we're going to get through this, and you're going to make it. And I, I'm so sorry. Um, I've never seen anything like this. But you just need to know, I'm, I'm, I'm ride or die, bro. And I, I, I believe Oh, man, I'm just believing with you. Come on, let's, let me, let me, well, no, let's not hug. <laughs> I think boils are contagious. Um, in fact, let me just pray for you. Lord, we just thank you for. You know, we, 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 we slap these Christian bumper stickers on people. It's all for the best. 
It's part of God's plan. God never sends people more they can handle. I like this. How arrogant to imagine we know God's plan. How foolish to think we know the reason for anyone's suffering. We don't even know the reason for our own suffering. It would be more helpful to admit, I don't know why this happened to you. No one should have to go through this. I, 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 this is above my pay grade. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm so sorry that it is. And I just want to let you know my heart is with you. My faith is with you. And I want to let you know I'm not, I'm not leaving this fight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk through this with you. If you need me to send you a DoorDash, I'm going to send you a DoorDash. You need me to pray, I'm going to be quick to pray. But the last thing I'm doing is judging you and condemning you and speculating and you done messed up and, you know, if you wouldn't have done this and that. No, come on. You're not Cat Williams. Stop judging people. <laughs> but, but, you know, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build up people's lives, speak life and destiny and future and hope over them. Amen to that. And that's what, they got it right when they showed up. They got it wrong where they try to interject on behalf of God. I want to encourage you. you nobody needs your opinion. All people need is God's word. The authority in your life is not your thoughts. The authority in your life is God's thoughts for other people. And so they're sitting here and they're going back and forth. And Job has claimed his innocence. He's like, guys, I promise you, I did. I love the Lakers. I love the Dodgers. I'm not a compromiser. I'm, I follow God's ways. And in all of, his, all of his pain, he keeps turning to God. Write that down, number three. In your suffering, turn to God. Because we, you're going to have, when you're in pain, when you go through pain, Find the Advil. Sometimes Julia's like, do you want Advil or Tylenol? I don't care. Do you think it matters? Give me drugs, woman. I'm in pain. When you're in pain, you're like, oh, I just don't want to feel this no more. It hurts too bad to go to bed like this. It hurts too much to have to face myself. I don't want to face this. So just give me something. I like Job's in pain, but he turns to God. And he's like, I'm going to keep seeking you and worshiping you and praising you. And though you slay me, I'll still praise you. Come on, praise him tonight. If that, I don't care what I go through. Give and take. Naked I came, naked I leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the heart of Job. He's turned into God. He keeps turning to God. Look at this scripture. Put it on the screen. Job chapter 13, 3. But as I, I desire to speak to the Almighty, and I want to argue my case with God himself. Look at later in the chapter. How many, uh, how many wrongs and sins have I committed, huh? Show me my offense and my sin. Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? He's going straight to the boss. Stop. Going to people to solve your pain. People can't solve your problems. Only a God can do that. 
Only a savior can rescue you. Only a deliverer can deliver you. Only a healer can heal you. Only a savior can save you. Come on, praise him tonight. I'm turning to my God in whom I trust. Give him a praise tonight and just thank him in advance. We keep turning to stuff to just distract us. We keep turning to stuff so I don't have to feel it. We keep turning to people. That one night stand's not going to fill you, fill you up. It's going to leave you empty. That bottle, it's got to be there tomorrow again. But God is the one that said, I will give you rivers of living water that will flow out of you. If you drink from me, come on, church, you'll never be thirsty again. Turn to God. He's only one call away, isn't he? Who are you going to call? My God. And Job's like, I want to talk to the boss. I want to talk. It reminds me of growing up with my mom. My mom's that mom that like we'd be in a, in a restaurant. She'd order soup. If the soup is one degree off, she'd be like, take it back. And then if they mess up again, she's like, can I speak to you? And I was like, oh, don't say it. Can I speak to you? I'm like, oh, please, Jesus. Can I speak to the manager? I'm like, oh, God, I'm walking out. I'm leaving this Applebee's right now. I'm never coming back to the Chevy's in my life. Why don't you talk to the one that created you about your problems? And in the end, you know, in the end, as we study it, we're never going to know why God allows Satan to do this to Job. We're never going to know. We're never going to discover why this happens. But one thing we do know is that God remains the same and that Job remains faithful. And Job in his trial and pain, goes on an emotional roller coaster. Do you have any friends that live on an emotional roller coaster? Are you somebody that lives on an emotional roller coaster? Because Job is high and he is low in the same book. One minute Job's like, I praise you and I love you. And the next moment he's like, Just listen to some of the things he says. Just three, three examples. Chapter 27. As God lives, who has taken away my justice, and the Almighty who has made my soul bitter. Chapter 16. He tears me in his wrath and he hates me, and he gnashes at me with his teeth. Chapter 30. My harp is turned to mourning, and my flute to the voice of those who weep. He just keeps on just low, 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 and then praise, praise, praise. I just write down the next one. God can handle your emotions. When you get emotional and you get angry and you get disappointed and you get frustrated and you get stuck and you get hurt, God is not put off. God is not uneasy about, what does he do with doubting Thomas? When, when, when Thomas doubted, he came close to Thomas. Because God is not, God gave you your emotions. In fact, I was just in, in, in New Orleans and I was preaching at this great church. Pastor Steve Robinson, I just respect him so much. And he was talking to me about the effects of trauma. And he told me that when someone faces trauma, their brain, the three parts of the brain gets disconnected. And so when someone faces trauma, they no longer can make reasonable decisions that we would know them to make in their right mind. And they start making decisions from the back of their brain, which is where your emotions are. 
That's why you see someone that explodes with anger. It's because they're not thinking in their right mind. They're exploding from trauma they've experienced. He talked about the difference between acute trauma and gradual trauma. Acute trauma is when you've been violated or you've been abused or a car accident, that moment. Gradual trauma is like over and over and over. Death by a thousand cuts. He talked about whether it's acute or gradual, you've got to bring your trauma to God and process it. I said, well, how do you do that? He said, well, you need three things. You need the cross, you need community, and you need counseling. We take everything to the cross because the cross is the finished work of Jesus and has all the authority to give us hope and life and destiny and purpose. But we need community. That's why connect groups are so important. You need people in your life that you can be honest with and talk about where you're at and what you're going through. What form of Christianity that you signed up for that says you can't be authentic or genuine or real? God says you can come just as you are with all your frustration and all your angst, all your animosity. You can pour it out before God. Look at Psalm 140. I love this. Psalm 142, verse 1. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. I just, I just want to encourage you that God cannot deal with the fake you. He can only deal with the real you. And when you come before God, if you're mad like Job, you can tell God, I am so mad and frustrated and I'm overwhelmed and I'm in pain. I don't know if anybody in your world really knows the pain that you're in right now. And you're not going to get healed until you bring it to the cross and you bring it to your community. And as you bring it to community, you process, get you a Bildad and Eliphaz, get you a friend, Get you a, a person that loves Jesus in your life and a counselor. Have you seen that t-shirt? Jesus plus therapy equals everything. You ever have a friend that you're, you're in your head, you're like, they would do so good with therapy. I'm considering paying for their therapy as a friend. They're thinking the same about you probably. And Job is in a world of hurt, in a world of pain. His kids, his homes, his livelihood, his wife has turned on him, his health is gone. His friends show up, he's like, thank God I got my boys. They start condemning him. What does Job have left? God. Let me ask you, friend, what do you have in this life? God. And so he's going through this pain and he's pouring out his complaint and he says in the end, Lord, I trust in you. Write down this last thought tonight. Worship team, come join me. I don't have to understand to trust God. I don't have to understand what he's doing and what he's trying to teach me and what he's trying to show me and where I'm missing. I don't have to understand for me to trust God. In fact, if I have to understand, it's not trust. 
You, friend, you might not understand what's going on in your world and your life right now for two, three more years. And that's okay. You might look back years later and be like, oh, <laughs> you crazy. That's what you was doing? Why don't you just tell me that? would have been so much easier. Yeah, 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 but if you had to understand, there's no trust. I don't have to understand to trust God. I'm going to trust in God even when it doesn't make sense. I'm going to trust in God when it doesn't feel good. I'm going to trust in God when I'm in pain. I'm going to trust in God on my lowest moments. I'm going to trust in God in my highest moments. Come on, Zoe Church, give him a praise if you're willing to put all your faith, all your confidence, all your belief in a bigger man. Don't you trust in a political leader. Don't you trust in a person. A person will break your heart. A human is as wicked and evil as you are. Don't you trust people. Trust God. That's why the Bible says, Proverbs 3, put it on the screen, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. He will establish your thoughts. I trust in God with everything. Lord, I'm trusting you with my money. I'm trusting you with my marriage. I'm trusting you with my family. I'm trusting you with my church. I'm trusting you with 2024. I don't look to me. I don't look to others. You're my source. You're my provider. You're my leader. You're my shepherd. I trust in you. So God, that's what got Job through. Job just trusting God. I'm just trusting God. In fact, look here on this scripture. I just love this. Psalm 139. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Job's sitting here going, I, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't. And this, <laughs> this, some of you are frustrated because you're like, I've been serving God. I've been trying my best, Pastor. I've been really trying. And this? <laughs> I get it if it's for others, but like um, in church, um, I went to two of the five Zooms at 6 a.m. The heck is this? I fasted for three days. This? David is writing here and he says, it's just too wonderful for me to understand. Maybe when I get to heaven and I get to be with Jesus, maybe then I'll get to ask, hey, what was that season about? And what was that about? And why then? And why those people? And why this thing? And why did you make me, why did you make me suffer with that? And how come I didn't get calf muscles and they did? And Lord, I just, how come I never got to really dunk clean? Because I'm 6'2". I have, I'm 6'3", but I got to say 6'2". And hard life's hard isn't it it's hard bumps and bruises and pain and trials and and we come into church and we play like it's not don't we we sing these songs and we're like but you're in pain but you're not in process you don't process your pain that pain's going to become your identity and the people that are around you 
<laughs> they're going to love your pain because they profit off your pain. And they're never going to want to see you grow and evolve and change because then you're going to leave them in the dust. But I'm telling you, God's got something bigger. God's got something better. We're going to come next week. Next week at the end of this story, you're not going to imagine what God does in the end with Job. But he never would. I'm telling you, you got to finish this with us. Come back next week. you got to finish the climactic conclusion of Job. It would have never happened if he didn't process the whole way through. You realize that there's no way around this. Remember that old rhyme? Can't go under it. Can't go around it can't go over it so I guess I gotta go through it I gotta go through my stuff and so do you I gotta go through my pain and trauma I gotta go through my sin and issue I gotta go through the stuff that sets me back I gotta go through the chains that are trying to get a hold of me I gotta go through this stuff because on the other side is the blessing of the Lord I'm just believing for you last scripture Job 13 watch what he said I read it last week though he slay me yet I'll trust him <laughs> I just don't want to promise you come on guys 2024 it's gonna be the best year of your life let's go for it and you get to like January 29th you're like probably gonna be the worst year of my life Nowhere in the scripture does it says, if you follow Jesus, you're going to float and have no problems. It just says when you have your problems, God is going to be there with you in the storm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff. They come for me. I might have boils and I might have lost a lot, but I've got God. And if I've got God, to be quite honest, I've got everything I need. I don't need anything else. I've got Jesus. So I'm satisfied and I'm full and I'm happy. Come on, stand to your feet. Jesus, we praise you tonight.